4: Hello and welcome to a Wednesday live right here on the early line on Sports Grid and all across the Sports Grid network. That includes sportsgrid.com slash watch, where you can find your favorite destination to consume everything all across the grid. I am Ben Stevens. He is Donnie Rightside, and we are here together for the next three hours live until 11 a.m. Eastern time on the grid. It is TEL on a Wednesday. DRS, here is what we have at stake on this Wednesday, a recap of the finale of the in-season tournament group play action. The eight teams we now know who advance into the in-season tournament quarterfinals for the first time in NBA history. A big Tuesday night in college hoops as the ACC-SEC Challenge now underway and continues on this Wednesday evening. In the fifth set of rankings, The R.S. from the College Football Playoff Selection Committee that sets the stage for conference championship weekend in CFB. In the chaos that might ensue, for the committee on Sunday. Donnie, three hours together up until 11 a.m. Eastern.
5: You know it's going to be good? When it's freezing cold temperatures here in the Northeast, that means you hunker down. It's time for some playoff football here. At least we should say playoffs. Do we watch which teams make the playoff football? That's going to be interesting because we'll talk about that a little bit later. I'm interested this weekend the NFL schedule, the haves and the yeah. have-nots. So many teams looking to break into the playoffs. Who's going to get in? Who's not? But also, college football weekend this weekend, championship weekend, absolutely sensational, Friday night yeah. all the way through. And then you wake up. you do not going to wait till Monday or Tuesday for a show here. You're going to know who makes the college football playoff before the NFL games kick off on Sunday. That's awesome
4: that selection show on Sunday noon Eastern time. It is scheduled to begin. It will be the rankings reveal for the four teams that will play in the college football playoff in the 10th year of this format to decide a national champion, but the 10th and final with only four teams and Donnie, the committee might be hoping we get to 12 teams, not in 2024, but this year in 2023. We'll present all of the scenarios here on this Wednesday on TEL first, let's welcome in our sports grid radio audience here to hour number one of this Wednesday on the early line you're listening on Sirius XM channel 159 all of our radio terrestrial affiliates in the fold as well he is Donnie I am Ben so Donnie here are the rankings how they stack up in the eyes of the college football playoff selection committee entering conference championship weekend around the sport Georgia remains number one in the country Michigan with the third consecutive victory over Ohio State leapfrogs the Buckeyes the Mazen blue now number two Ohio State falls to number six Washington up to number three Florida State back inside the top four of course Donnie they fell outside of the first four last week at fifth in the country but they beat the Florida Gators on the road in the swamp Oregon is number five so it will be three versus five in that Pac-12 championship game DRS on Friday night
5: Yeah, things are going to work themselves out here. They usually do. There's very rarely a time where it's true chaos across the board and everybody gets angry. These things have a way of working out. Why? Because we still have football games to play against quality opponents. But I like to preface this by saying, Ben, this is the same college football committee that told you Ohio State was the best team in the country when clearly they were not. So now we see the top four, Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State, Oregon, Ohio State, Texas, and Alabama. They got it wrong again. And granted, I understand this the design of the college football playoff committee is not to get the best four teams in. It's to reward conference championships, spread the wealth, don't get one conference really mad at you. I understand things here. It's still fun to rail against, but they're absolutely incorrect by getting Florida State in the college football playoff. And also, preface this. I see a lot of people out here reporting on this game, and reporting on this top four and saying, like, ooh, that really means like Florida State wins and they're in. No, it doesn't. This is week to week. This isn't because Florida State's number four, no matter what happens this weekend, if they win, they're still in. That's not the case. They've shown us in the committee that's not the case here. The only ones that matter, meaning the top four are who gets selected this Sunday at 12 o'clock. Don't worry about who's one through four right now. It means absolutely nothing, and the committee has shown us that.
4: And the committee, DRS, setting the stage to potentially move Florida State wherever they see fit. Even if Washington loses to Oregon, the Ducks could leapfrog Florida State based on seeding. But I will say this: regardless of how you feel about the Seminoles' outlook and what the CFP semifinal matchup would be for FSU without Jordan Travis, if Florida State is an unbeaten, 13-0 ACC Power Five conference champion, Florida State is going to play in the college football playoff now to the in-season tournament around the NBA. DRS, a wild night in the finale of group play action. The Celtics, because of a tiebreaker based on point differential, end up winning their group. They advance out of the East. We'll get to the East in just a moment. Out West, though, it was a wild ending in Sacramento. Malik Mump, DRS, five points in the final 40 seconds, including the game-winning layup under 10 ticks remaining. Sacramento beats Golden State. They win their group. New Orleans wins their group, and Phoenix DRS advances as the wild card team in the West. Yeah, and by the way, we'll start
5: with that Bulls Celtics game, which is where we thought this would get interesting because point differential comes in, and you saw multiple interviews after the game, and even the two coaches come to a meeting around half court late in that basketball game, like, "Hey, I just want to explain it to you. I'm fouling late against your backup players to try to blow you out because of differential here in scoring." It's the NBA didn't need to go this route, and it seems like, and also they're trying to make excuses for the coach. Oh, in five or six years, the people will get used to it. That's not the point here. We should love this already. There's so many changes that can be made to an in-season tournament that we already don't need but you see how it's getting into the NBA players mind but like this isn't basketball here like we, we saw them pull their bench guys out here and we're sprinting up and down the court to try to blow out another yeah. opponent it goes against the grain of what we know from competitive sports at least in the United States it'll be interesting to see how it plays out but the NBA can make so many changes to this and make it fantastic for the fans as opposed to wondering what the heck is going on from players GMs owners and fans
4: alike Drew Holiday, a member of the Celtics who benefited from the point differential and the Hacker Drummond strategy that led to a 124 97 win for the Seas against the Bulls last night was still like. What's the integrity of the game if we're doing that here in the regular season? But the Celtics do win their group, as do the Milwaukee Bucks. The New York Knicks advance as the Eastern Conference wildcard. The Knickerbockers blowing out the Charlotte Hornets as an and a half point favorite, winning by 24. Plenty more reaction around the IST coming your way next. But college basketball, DRS, ACC, SEC Challenge, the marquee matchup of Tuesday night. A top-12 tilt at Rupp Arena in Lexington. In Kentucky, look the part, 95-73, a 22-point win for John Calipari's Cats DRS. They cover as a five-and-a-half-point home favorite.
5: Interesting game, too, because you saw Kentucky get out to an early lead. Before you could blink at the end of the first half, Miami is taking the lead here. Now, granted, UK reclaimed that lead by five at the half, but they smoked the Miami Hurricanes in the second half. Big-time performance for UK, 6-1 and one now in the season, and a perfect 6-0 and oh at Rupp Arena.
4: Yeah, 38 points off the bench as well. Reed Shepard leading the way, 21 points for Kentucky last night. DRS quickly, here's some NFL news and notes. Jonathan Taylor will undergo thumb surgery today in Los Angeles. He is hopeful he can return in two to three weeks. The Colts right now in a playoff spot if the season ended today. On the other side of the league, Justin Jefferson, DRS, activated off the IR. The Vikings on a bye this week, but he should be ready to go week 14 through the remainder of this year.
5: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he comes back there because you want to get that playoff push for the Vikings. But quickly here on the Taylor injury, you got a quality backup there. They're just going to keep on rolling there in Indianapolis.
4: An interesting sale, by the way. Mark Cuban selling the Mavericks. We'll discuss it a little bit later on. More TEL next Thank you. Live right here on this Wednesday on the early line on SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens. He is Donnie Wrightside. A recap of the finale of group play action around the first ever NBA in-season tournament. And let me emphasize that once again, the first ever NBA in-season tournament. There will be many learning curves we all, even us here in sports media, have to go through to truly understand what is at stake and how it plays out and what it looks like on the weird-looking. NBA floors throughout group play action because DRS, again, three groups in each conference, five teams in each group. The champion of the group, three of them, advance to the quarterfinals. Room for one wild card in each conference. We will break down the eight teams that will now play in the quarterfinals next week. And Donnie, as I learned, those quarterfinal games do count toward your regular season record, something we were a little bit confused by yesterday. But Donnie, here's how things stand. As As we go through the games that were yesterday, the eight final games in group play action to set the stage for the round of eight in the quarterfinals in the in-season tournament for the Kings and the Warriors. As long as Sacramento DRS lost by 11 points or less, they were advancing into the quarterfinal round. But Malik Monk and the Kings made it very, very easy. They erase a 24-point deficit back at home, and Malik Monk had a step-back three with 37 seconds remaining, and And then made the go-ahead game-winning layup with seven ticks left. Steph Curry unable to convert on a shot at the buzzer. Sacramento wins at home, DRS, 124-123. The Kings win their group. They advance into the quarterfinals out of the West.
5: Yeah, beat their nemesis there in the Golden State Warriors and also improving to 5-1 and one on their home court. The one thing that we always talk about with the Kings, like, hey, let's see when De'Aaron Fox gets back. How about last night again? 29-9-7. and seven. It's a fun team mm-hmm. to watch. They're up-tempo, and it played out exactly probably the way you thought. And it's interesting that you say that. Like, win or lose, just don't lose by 11. But certainly the Kings want to win that basketball game for seedings right. for the regular season and also standings. Makes the most sense here. But the Warriors put up a fight. But again, this is the reason why I faded the Warriors entering into the season. Now under five hundred once again at eight. 7 10 on the season even with a decent road record at five and four good win for the kings as they advance into the in-season tournament
4: DRS Sacramento was a one and a half point home favorite last night. Hopefully you jumped on the minus 126 money line price and didn't lose by the hook. So Donnie, there was a lot of intrigue last night in the game inside TD Garden in Beantown because it looked weird. Not only the court in the Emerald Green, but because the Celtics were facing off against the Bulls. Boston was booked DRS as a 13 point favorite. The C's have the best record in the NBA. They are the title favorites to win the NBA championship this year. It should not be a surprise to see Boston beat Chicago at this point by close to 30, 124-97 the final. But it was the fourth quarter that stood out with Joe Missoula, hacker Andre Drummond last night to build up the point differential. Billy Donovan was like, dude, what are you doing? The two coaches met at midcourt for Missoula to explain himself in the in-season tournament point differential tiebreaker that would allow Boston to advance out of its group in a three-way tie. Billy Donovan was like, oh, okay, I get it. And the Celtics win by 27, covering as a 13-point favorite. But Donnie, as we said at the start, even Andrew Holiday, who plays for the Seas, was like, what are we doing here in the in-season tournament that that is our attempt late in the fourth quarter to win a basketball game that also counts to our regular season record?
5: It, it's very interesting as it plays out because even us as handicappers, you're saying, okay, the Boston Celtics have to win by margin in this game. You're not going to factor that into the spread to put it up to 23 and a half points. Cause that wouldn't make any sense. But at the same time, it's just, it's against the grain in the NBA. You know, when a team is getting beat down, they go to the bench, you go to the bench, you let it play out. You let some of your bench guys get some run, have some fun out there. And then the way you go, there's no hard feelings, even though you probably know coming in, like, you know, if you're the head coach of the Chicago bulls, well, you know, this team's looking to make the playoffs. They need a big, win, but it's still odd to watch you play out where you're basically playing hack a shack late in that game up 25 to 30 points and also the Chicago right. Bulls aren't a very good basketball team to begin with five and 14 now in the season one and eight on the road it wasn't as if this team's like hey we had a great performance we're just going to finish the one out I, I expect in the few again changes are going to be made and even though Missoula sat at the press conference saying like hey in five to six years we'll all be used to this imagine that comment hey guys we just started something new and in five to six years you guys will catch on let's just tell you immediately how This in-season tournament is. It's supposed to be fun and easy
4: right away. Wasn't that the point, Ben? My goodness. DRS, it's a great point that you bring up right there. Maybe in five to six years, Billy Donovan goes, (laughs) okay, foul on Trey Drummond. Set him to the line. We're going to win the in-season tournament. Because DRS, here's what was at stake last night the brooklyn nets were in action the orlando magic were not orlando handed boston its only loss in group play here in the in season tournament the nets were at home they beat the raptors by 12 115 103 so in east group c donnie that means three teams boston orlando and brooklyn all finished at three in one boston lost to orlando who lost to brooklyn who lost to Boston. So no head-to-head tiebreaker advantage. That's what happens when you play an even four games in a five-team group. So it goes down to point differential. And because the Celtics won last night by 27, they had a plus 27 point differential better than the plus 22 for Orlando or the plus 20 for Brooklyn. So based on the tiebreaker, the Boston Celtics win East Group C and advance to the quarterfinal round
5: and again uh, the way it's broken down I guess in the future the only way to combat this would really be well why don't we just play even more in season tournament games here because if it's going to count towards your overall record it just makes it easier to follow along as well like why not start the in seasons tournament right off the bat in early November and roll it all the way or late let's just say mid-October whenever the NBA season starts and roll it all the way through you give them an extra two games things are going to shake out there as opposed to relying on point differential because when every team plays four games most teams are going to wind up in that two and two range and there's so many tiebreakers that we can't keep track of this so maybe that's the difference that they would make in the future or just do away with it and say hey the NBA championship is really cool if you win that how about that
4: at least we know the point differential is very very important because Donnie you're probably thinking all right so Orlando or Brooklyn Orlando had a better point differential than the Nets they were also three and one just trailing Boston they're probably on to the Eastern Conference quarterfinals too right No, that would be the New York Knicks, who had a point differential of plus 42 with a 24-point win inside Madison Square Garden last night. The Knicks win 115-91 over Charlotte, the Knickerbockers covering as an 11-and-a-half-point favorite. The Knicks did not win their group, though, with a 3-and-1 record. That's because in East Group B, Milwaukee was a perfect 4-and-0, culminating last night, DRS in South Beach. The Bucs winning as a four-point road favorite, 131-124 over Miami.
5: Yeah, by the way, my best bet yesterday was the Miami Heat getting three points here, factoring in like, okay, we're going to get a pretty good starting lineup. Jimmy Butler goes out. But by the way, they had a nice lead entering into the fourth quarter, getting points, and weren't able to secure that. It's a good win by the Milwaukee Bucks. And by the way, just a side note here, are the Hornets ever going to be good? Like, since they came into the NBA back in the day with Grandma Ma and Alonzo Mourning, they were a lot of fun. But it's been, feels like, 30 years where they're absolutely irrelevant every single year, one month into the season. Help them out down there. That's basketball country,
4: man. That's Tobacco Road. I mean, come on. And DRS, the report from Sham Sharani yesterday, LaMelo Ball suffering a significant ankle sprain. Terrible. He was set to miss some time. Avoided a fracture in the same ankle that he had surgery on just a year ago. By the way, in the Bucks game, Giannis stepping up in in-season tournament action, 33 points, 10 boards. Damian Lillard, 32 points, 9 assists. Yeah. Every player for Milwaukee in that starting lineup, all 5, scoring at least 12 points. So the stage is now set. I believe, Donnie, it's kind of fun trying to break this down following Mm. things where they stand looking back. The Lakers, a perfect 4-0 group play record. They're the one seed out in the Western Conference. They will take on, I don't even know who's... Logo, that is El Oh, that's the Suns. Okay. The Lakers versus the Suns in the quarterfinal matchup out in the Western Conference. That's next week. We will see the Kings and the Pelicans winners of their group as well. It's the Bucs and the Knicks, both out of East Group B in the quarterfinals. The Knicks, the wild card team. The Pacers won East Group A, and the Celtics, of course, based on the tie point break differential win east group c so those are the quarterfinal rounds. rounds drs here are the odds just one more time for the in-season tournament title as things stand around the nba if you're confused so are we we'll explain it more next week college basketball up next right we know what's happening in college basketball again we'll bring you the updates as the nba in-season tournament rolls on next week into the knockout quarterfinal round but drs here to start off a college hoop season in 2023 24 a new beginning of sorts as well no longer the acc big 10 challenge it's the acc sec challenge that got underway last night with a ton of marquee matchups all across the slate including a top 15 tilt a top 12 tilt in lexington between kentucky number 12 in the recent ap poll that came out on monday afternoon and number eight miami of course the hurricanes an elite eight team each of the past two years not just the elite eight last year for coach l and the Canes, they made it to the final four. Number eight in the land versus number 12 in, 12 in all of the sport. And yesterday, DRS, Kentucky looked the part 95-73, pulling away in the second half. And off the bench, Reed Shepard for Coach Cal and the Cats, a team-high 21 points. The bench was the difference last night for Kentucky. A 22-point win and Kentucky easily covers as a five-and-a-half-point home favorite.
5: Yeah, 53 points in the second half for the Kentucky Wildcats mm. at home. That's certainly sensational. And usually from a Kentucky Wildcats perspective, it's usually a lot of young guys where you try to say, okay, let's figure out what we're doing here in November and December. By the time we get to conference play, we're feeling better. By the time we get to March Madness, we got a couple NBA players ready to let loose on the country and see if we can win a championship. Looks like we're getting started a little bit sooner than later. That's a really big victory against a top 10 Miami Hurricanes team that's also yeah. a veteran-laden team. Now, I also didn't see here, I see DJ Wagner, only 10 minutes played and five points scored no personal fouls I'm not sure if they got injured or not in that game but there were a couple guys you said Shepard and Dillingham 30 minutes and 22 minutes off of the bench And I believe we talked yesterday with John Rossi and saying the problem might be that they're not as deep on either one of these teams here but if you're going to get star play like 14 9 11 5 18 21 and 12 that sounds like a lot of balance scoring to me for the Kentucky Wildcats almost hitting the 100 mark against the Hurricanes who really make their bones a lot Ben by playing really good defense that's a great night for the Wildcats
4: I mean, when you look at Coach Calipari and what he does there in Lexington, it's those freshmen inside Rupp stepping, stepping up on a big stage. Rob Dillingham, 12 points as well off the bench. And again, 21, five of nine from three from the man from London. Kentucky, London, Kentucky zone. Reed Shepard, 21 points in a big victory over Miami, a 22 point margin. Norchad O'Meara on the other side, DRS, 20 points and six boards for Coach Laranega. And Wooga Poplar had 19 points, eight rebounds, and a couple of steals as well. He was a guy that John Rothstein highlighted, who was a key reserve for Miami last year on their run to a Final Four. Now stepping up in that starting lineup for Jim Laronega the first time for Miami as an underdog all year DRS the first loss for the Hurricanes Kentucky now six and one they're only lost DRS against Kansas in a game they covered as a seven and a half point underdog in Chicago in the Champions Classic this Kentucky team certainly trending in a positive way and as we discussed with Rothstein yesterday DRS it's about Kentucky getting back to a sweet 16 something they haven't done since 2019 and back into a final four something that has Evaded those from Lexington since 2015. DRS a stutter last night in Tuscaloosa. Brad Brownell. For the Clemson Tigers, he has been there for 22 years, DRS, in Clemson, South Carolina. This is their first ever 6-0 start. The Tigers go on the road to Tuscaloosa and knock off number 23, Alabama, 85-77. Clemson's first time as an underdog this season, DRS. They were a favorite in their first five games. They remain unbeaten, now 3-3 against the spread. And when we broke down this game yesterday, DRS, here on TEL, The line was nine and a half. As we got closer to tip, it was only seven and a half, maybe just following the line. Let us know Clemson was going to keep this game competitive. They went outright as the underdog against Nate Oates and the Crimson Tide.
5: Yep, take a look at the box score, and it's really simple here, Ben. You take a look at a road team here, the Clemson Tigers, shooting 53% on the road, which included 52% from three-point range, 11 of 21. You flip that over to Alabama, 34% from the floor, which included 31% from three-point range, 11 of 35. That's where you're done in. But how about this again? We just talked about Kentucky, 50-plus points in the second half. On the road, Clemson scored 52 points to upend Alabama, and also talking yesterday with John Ralstein, saying how tough the schedule is coming up here for Alabama. Well, forget about Alabama. Clemson now moving to 6-0 and on the early season. Good things for the ACC here, maybe, down in Little John.
4: DRS, you know what the story is with Alabama. They are going to play at a fast tempo. It is the 36th fastest tempo in all of college basketball, according to Ken Palm. They have the most efficient offense in the country, but on the other side, the 88th most efficient adjusted defense. Not necessarily a recipe for success by the time we get into March. Alabama started off the year a perfect 4-0. All against non-power conference opponents they had covered in all four of those games as well but DRS this past weekend they started to play power conference teams they suffered their first loss of the year against Ohio State this past Friday they lost 92-81 outright as the favorite then they played Oregon they won that game by eight but it was 99-91 yesterday the Tigers scored 85 points in Tuscaloosa Alabama has now suffered two losses in their last three games they have been the favorite in all three against those power conference opponents they have not covered in any of those three games looking at the sec title odds at this moment drs kentucky the second best price five to one AM and and alabama were tied for the third best number yesterday at six to one the crimson tide fall back a little bit tennessee though rick barnes volunteers the favorites right now drs in the southeastern conference a plus 260 number
5: yeah, you remove Tennessee at that plus-260 number. It looks like a lot of teams are going to be battling throughout yeah. the season to try to get that second spot here. And as we know, it's really a grinder. It used to be the SEC, only known as a football conference, but now stepping up the temple here, where a legitimate basketball conference, and maybe that caught different teams by surprise. Not me, though. Kentucky's always been a blue blood. Tennessee's always been there. A&M now rising up. Alabama, true football school, now playing very good basketball. Good times for the, ACC, excuse me, for the SEC moving forward. No longer just a football conference.
4: DRS I was really confident in one game yesterday well two games one from a total one from a side for the ACC SEC challenge I love what Pitt had been doing to start off this season but the Panthers yesterday DRS as a six and a half point home favorite against Missouri they lose by seven at home in the Steel City, 71-64, a big win for Missouri and Dennis Gates, who had struggled so far this year. 5-2 and two entering DRS, now make that 6-2. and two. But Missouri, Donnie, was 0-7 against the spread before yesterday. Their first cover and win outright as an underdog. Meanwhile, the Panthers, when they had been booked as the favorite, five of their six games entering last night. Donnie, they were a perfect 5-0 Against the number, the line even worked in favor of the Panthers. Got up to six and a half, seven by the time Pitt and Mizzou tipped yesterday, but to no avail. The Tigers pick up a big victory, winning by seven on the road in Pittsburgh.
5: Yeah, we're going to get some of these scores where you don't anticipate because why wow, we're not playing light competition, first light competition heading into it, so some of those numbers would be a little bit askew, but maybe as you talk about home cooking is usually a good thing. Maybe too much home cooking over Thanksgiving here as Pittsburgh drops one at home.
4: Yep, Donnie, when you look at the Pittsburgh Panthers right now, they will be a team to pay attention to, I think, in the middle of the pack. In the ACC, Missouri last year, 25 wins. They won in the round of 64 in the NCAA tournament as well. Off to a slower start this year, but now 6-2, and two, winning outright as that six-and-a-half-point underdog on the road in Pitt. Elsewhere in the ACC SEC Challenge, South Carolina, a big victory over Notre Dame. They win by double double digits the Gamecocks cover as an eight and a half point favorite the Gamecocks now Donnie remain perfect six and oh this year five and one against the spread Micah Shrewsbury the new coach in South Bend for the Fighting Irish had spent the past couple of years at Penn State their third time already as an underdog for Notre Dame this season Donnie both one and two straight up and against the number they now fall to three and three in their first six games of the Shrewsbury era
5: Yeah, it's going to take some time to cross over. You had a longtime head coach here that was beloved stepping down. Shrewsbury comes over. By the way, Shrewsbury did a very good job with Penn State over the years. So it's not like you're saying we're getting a massive downgrade as head coach. Maybe an upgrade here when it all turns out. Because Notre Dame has always been felt like they want to be on that national pantheon of being a prominent NCAA basketball team. Maybe they'll get back in that direction. But it also shows you, again, the strength and the depth of the SEC. It's a really good basketball conference. Maybe watch out for South Carolina as well.
4: Only 115 combined points last night between the Gamecocks and the Fighting Irish. 132 and a half was that pregame over-under. It stays under the fifth consecutive under for Notre Dame. Only 53 points. The 225th most efficient offense in college basketball. Donnie and D1 men's college hoops. There's more than 360 teams. Not where you want to be right now for Notre Dame, but maybe that's a betting angle you can take as Michael Shrewsbury gets things going in South Bend, looking at those totals and going under. Donnie. How about that Syracuse Orange men's basketball team back inside the Dome after a trying week in Maui in the Maui Invitational, losing to Tennessee and Gonzaga in a big way by at least 15 points. Did not cover as an underdog, but yesterday against LSU, the Orange cover for the first time this year, Donnie, outside of the game against Chaminade in Maui. But they win by 23 in a pick 'em. Syracuse 80-57 to over the Bayou Bengals.
5: Yeah, one of the few home court advantages has nothing to do with fans here, but if you're trying to pull up from three-point range in a football stadium, sometimes it doesn't work in your direction, as it didn't for LSU. Two of 22 from three-point range last night. Yeah, that'll get you beat down quick in NCAA action
4: Has everything to do with the fans. Syracuse is a basketball powerhouse. And yes, I did go there. Judah Mintz, the man you see on your screen, a game high 33 points last night against LSU. Syracuse was picked 10th, Donnie, in the ACC preseason poll. I think they're going to be a little bit better than that, but the odds long at 62 1. Around the National Football League, the news and notes on this Wednesday that's coming your way next. All right, here we are on a Wednesday, a critical day in the National Football League each and every week. The guys back on the field for practice outside of the Thursday night football game. That starts tomorrow for week number 13 in Dallas between the Cowboys and the Seahawks. But Donnie, we get those early practice reports. We get a feel for how the health is around every NFL team that is in action on the Sunday slate. And we touched on these NFL news and notes at the start of the show, but now we have some more time to discuss the big news out of indianapolis after missing the first few games this year then taking a few games to ramp back up Jonathan Taylor had been making dividends for an Indianapolis team, Donnie, that has a winning record at the end of 12 weeks. Six and five the mark for Indy. If the season ended right now, they would be the seventh in final playoff team in the AFC. Well, now, Jonathan Taylor, a thumb injury that will require surgery, which he will have today in Los Angeles. He's out, Donnie, for two to three weeks.
5: Yeah, and you know what? You usually look at that. It's not, First of all, let me preface this. It's never a good thing when a superstar running back is going to miss games, but it seems like we just keep rolling along in Indianapolis. Why is that? Because you had your starting quarterback, a first-round draft pick, that looked like he was going to be electric this season, knocked out. You go to Gardner Minshew, okay, let's not miss a beat. Let's continue to win football games and put ourselves in playoff position. Jonathan Taylor, if we can remember, wasn't even supposed to be on the Colts this year of how angry the two sides were. So what happens yeah. there? They work things out, men fences. He comes back, slowly work his way and looks like he finally got back to that all pro status that we thought he could get to but all of saying that lying in the weeds here is Zach Moss 141 carries 672 yards almost five yards per rush if there was one spot you could lose with a superstar player Moss should be able to fill in admirably and also keep in mind we're not out for the year for Jonathan Taylor and as a mm-hmm. running back It's not an injury, Ben, where it's a hamstring, it's a groin, it's a knee, it's an Achilles here. You end up hurting your thumb. You can still work out. He can have those fresh legs back to that true playoff run later in December here. So the world is, not the sky is here to say, is not falling for the Colts. You have a capable backup. He'll be back. Let's see what they can do.
4: Yeah, DRS, when you look at Jonathan Taylor last week against Tampa Bay, a victory for the Colts at home, winning by a touchdown, covering as a slight home favorite. Jonathan Taylor 15 carries, 91 yards, two touchdowns last week. He has scored three touchdowns in the last two games for Indianapolis, including a score in Frankfurt in the game against New England. The Colts are on a three-game win streak, Donnie, and that's why they are 6-5 and right now. No, I don't think we expect, Donnie, this Indianapolis team to be a playoff team by the end of the year, but there's three teams at 6-5, and five, Indianapolis, Houston, and Denver, all in the running for that third and final AFC wildcard spot at this moment. The odds though, Donnie, not necessarily pessimistic on Indianapolis to make the playoffs plus 118 slightly favored to miss at minus 144, but they should be there at least in the running here, Donnie throughout the next few weeks of this National Football League regular season.
5: Absolutely, and some games that you take a look at technically fighting for that same playoff spot. Now, if you want to take it to Cincinnati Bengals, technically they are fighting for a playoff spot here in the AFC. You have a game that's going to match up against them, and also games with the Pittsburgh Steelers and a division rival gear in the Houston Texans. There won't be any excuses like, oh, we just got a scoreboard watch. No, you handle your business. You actually have a legitimate chance to make the playoffs, which then we put that focus on Shane Steichen and how well he's done coming over from the Philadelphia Eagles, and certainly a battle at every single term. One of those teams we probably didn't think would be all that exciting this year. And if you would have told us, hey, to start the season, turmoil in the backfield, you're going to lose Anthony Richardson for the season. Ah, good luck next year. Tank and get the highest draft pick you can get. They haven't given up at all. And quite frankly, looking like they have a legitimate chance to make the playoffs.
4: Donnie, one win away from going over their preseason win total of six and a half. And they were slightly favored on the road this upcoming Sunday in Nashville against Tennessee in a divisional duel. Indianapolis, a one and a half point favorite minus 118 on the money line. And Donnie, that was the interesting thing about Indianapolis the past few years under Frank Reich that led to his dismissal in a disastrous 2022 NFL season. There was a lot of talent on this Indianapolis team throughout the past few years on this roster. But the thought was, Donnie, here in 2023, rookie head coach Shane Steichen, the offensive mind, could he craft and develop Anthony Richardson into an elite NFL starter? There were some glimpses that AR showed in his first five games of his NFL career, but of course was on the sideline very early on. A couple of injuries, first in concussion protocol, week number three, and of course the shoulder injury, that he had to have surgery on that has sidelined him for the remainder of 2023. At that time, Donnie, I felt, all right, look forward to next year kind of a wasted opportunity for indianapolis 2023 was going to be spent on seeing what you had with anthony richardson it's been anything but the updated win total for indy as we showed you eight and a half and again slightly favored on the road in tennessee this weekend they play three other teams outside of the titans that all have a losing record at this moment to end out the year very much on pace to go over that preseason win total of six and a half so that's the injury news on jonathan taylor As Donnie said, not doomsday for the Colts. He is hopeful to be back in two, two, three weeks. Donnie, on the other end of this equation, we go to the Minnesota Vikings and Justin Jefferson. Activated off IR yesterday, trending in a positive direction during this bye week to be back for the final five weeks of this NFL regular season. Of course, the Vikings losing on Monday night to the Chicago Bears. Minnesota falls to six and six. But at this moment, Donnie, they're in a playoff spot as well the seventh and final in the nfc that third and last wild card spot a similar situation to the colts to get their best offensive player back in justin jefferson that certainly seems where things are trending
5: yeah, and they said they're going to reevaluate their quarterback position, which is interesting here because it's not yeah. as if you're waiting for Kirk Cousins to come back. Or you have a lightning bolt on the bench that you're going to be able to use. You basically brought in Dobbs because why? You had nothing here to lean on. You have Nick Mullins, I believe, and Hall. Let I me mean, stop the madness. The only way you're going to get to the playoffs is just Josh Dobbs gets it together and plays quality football down the stretch. It's hard enough to win on the road in the NFL as now you're taking a look at the next two games for them at the Raiders and at the Bengals. Now, you say to yeah. yourself, should you be favored against the Raiders? Probably not. But if you take a look at, should you be favored against the the Bengals at that point? Maybe so, depending on where they're going to be in a couple weeks. But if Dobbs plays decent football and Justin Jefferson comes back into the fold, that's your best path. I don't want to see Nick Mullins in a football game or Hall to say, let's just see if we can catch lightning in a bottle there. Your only option is Dobbs playing well and correcting the issues of turning the football over four times in one football game and costing your team a victory here. If he can play steady, not great football, Ben, steady football in the pocket, they'll probably make the playoffs. But he plays as bad as he did against the Chicago Bears Monday night. Sayonara, no NFL action for them in the playoffs.
4: DRS, that was the interesting thing about Monday night. Regardless of the result, Minnesota was going to stay in the playoff picture in the NFC. Yeah. With that being said, 7-5 and five, where things stand in the NFC is a lot better than 6-6. Six and six. There are three teams only a half game behind the Vikings at this moment, including divisional foe Green Bay. The Vikings will play the Packers one more time this year. Minnesota also has to play both of their divisional games against the Detroit Lions. Still to come eight and a half the updated win total for minnesota that's where it was in the preseason of course all of this for a team that won 13 games a year ago 11 and 0 though donnie in single score football games 11 of the 12 already for the vikes decided by a single score a perfect 11 and 0 last year now five and six they were minus 230 to make the nfc postseason entering monday night football At home as a three point favorite against Chicago. After the loss, outright as a three point home favorite, it's now minus 122. And Donnie, when you look at Justin Jefferson, in my estimation, I don't think this is a hot take by any means. I understand what Tyreek Hill is doing this year and many other talented wide receivers in the NFL. When Justin Jefferson is out there, he's the best wide out in the game. When you look at his first three weeks, ridiculous numbers. In week number three, Donnie, against the Chargers, he had 13 targets, seven grabs, 149 yards, his first touchdown of the year. He was one yard shy away from setting NFL history and becoming the first player... In NFL history, to start a season with three consecutive games of 150 yards. Then the following week, in a win over Carolina, the first of the year for Minnesota, he had 85 yards, dismal when you think about it, but two touchdowns. That is how good Justin Jefferson is. And I think that will be a huge benefit, Donnie, for Joshua Dobbs, who has slightly struggled, certainly on Monday night with the four INTs, but some of that Minneapolis magic for the astronaut kind of playing itself out having the addition of Justin Jefferson whether it's for Dobbs or Jaron Hall that's going to be a huge bump to this Vikings offense
5: no, it is. And also, you need a huge bump if you still have two games left against the Lions and also a game against the Packers, who now you open the door for the Packers to actually make the playoffs by losing that football game to the Chicago Bears. It's never a bad thing getting a great wide receiver back, but it also it's not getting a great wide receiver back with a great quarterback, we say. It's going to be instant magic. Now, having said that, again, it's going to open the offense because Justin Jefferson gets double teamed. The rest of the offense, Addison, should be even better moving forward. You know, Osborne should be back into the fold as well. Hawkinson yeah. is a quality tight end. So it's never Never a bad thing to have that happen. It's just tough that it looks like they had everything in front of them, dropping a close one to the Denver Broncos, then losing a horrible game to the Chicago Bears. That's one of those yeah. where you might look back at in week 17, 18 and go, man, if we had just beaten the Bears at Monday Night Football like we were supposed to, we wouldn't have to worry about beating the Packers on the final game of the season. Yeah. And if you want a flex game that goes into a night game, you're probably looking at the Lions and the Packers, excuse me, the Lions going up against the, uh, either the Vikings or maybe the Packers late in the season to flex that in. Somebody's got to get in the playoffs of those.
4: DRS, a three-point margin in the two losses for Minnesota after the five-game win streak for the Vikings. They lose by only one in mile high. They cover as a a two-and-a-half-point underdog, excuse me, and, of course, the two-point loss to Chicago. The Bears didn't score... A touchdown, but Minnesota was unable to take advantage of a great opportunity at home. You said Joshua Dobbs, Donnie, just has to be serviceable. That's taking care of the football. Five interceptions in the last two games for the Vikes. Five touchdowns, no interceptions in the first two games as a member of this Vikings team. There are the numbers on Joshua Dobbs. Yesterday, Donnie, we heard from the owner in Carolina, David Tepper, following the dismissal of Frank Reich on Monday morning. According to Ian.
5: Yeah, we were supposed to take a look at David Tepper there taking the microphone. Now, we were all under the guise of, okay, he's going to talk and say how well Frank Reich was and wish him well into the future. But as you look at it overall more, what he was saying at the microphone was very interesting to me because he was like, you know what? we were supposed to trade up to number two and get C.J. Stroud. And now also, we're not going to get C.J. Stroud. We now have number one overall, and I'm okay if we go ahead and pick a different quarterback at that point, which is wild as it goes. Because if you're just trying to level the playing field, and this is what I've been talking about for the past few weeks where the turmoil with inside the building, who wanted Bryce Young in the faction? Who wanted C.J. Stroud? And how did those moves actually come down to the wire? Because for my money here, you weren't getting the reverbs behind the scenes from the coaching staff that was leaking out like, this was my guy. I was supposed to have C.J. Stroud. I was left here with Bryce Young. Now, also, if you want to argue the counterpoint, if you are Frank Reich, if you are Josh McCown, if you are Deuce Daly, manning the room down there and trying to get things right, you know what went wrong? You had a Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback as the number one overall pick, and he looks terrible like he's never played before. You can't have that. So I don't care which faction wanted which quarterback. No way you should have one win and look completely lost during the season. I admire David Tepra It's a lot of money to fire a head coaching a head coaching guy and also his staff and probably pay in excess of 30 40 or $50 million in checks to get them away. It's just the way it goes here. They're going to be looking for another coach just like they have been for the past couple years. Come on, Carolina. Get it together. This is the early live. We'll be right back. here at Texas Channel 159 on the SportsGrid
6: Network.
3: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: Liberty Tech Coach. Uh. Back like I never left.
4: Listen, it's cold outside, but we don't need to be freezing live right here in studio. I am Ben Stevens. He is Donnie, right side. We end out this opening hour of a Wednesday here on the early line on SportsGrid. Although, Donnie, I'm glad to be back with you. I would have loved to see you break down the Conference USA Championship game on Friday night by yourself. If you want to take the lead, please feel free, my friend.
5: I mean, we were about to be like, is this going to be a repeat performance? Is Hugh Freeze going to dominate? Is going to be laying on a bed up in a dentist (laughs) chair watching this game below? But obviously, we know that's (laughs) not the case. My question is, I haven't watched, Ben, any Liberty football this season. But just doing some quick notes here. The fact that they run for close to 300 yards per game and still have 200 yards passing, this looks like an (laughs) offensive absolute juggernaut there. I can't wait to see that. That's (laughs) tremendous. I can't believe those splits are there
4: the flames head coach jamie chadwell who was the former head coach at coastal carolina one runs what they call the new age triple option it's out of the shotgun formation but it's the same triple option wing t principles and his quarterback caden salter one of the best at running the football that you will find in college football liberty drs a perfect 12 and 0 regular season one of five FBS teams to be undefeated in the regular season now a 10 and a half point favorite against new mexico state in the cusa championship game on friday night liberty not only 12 and oh donnie eight and four against the number a favorite in all 12 games and in every game donnie the flames were a two touchdown favorite or less they covered this a 10 and a half point spread
5: That's pretty impressive here overall, and I love the fact that you can have one team at six yards per carry on the ground. Go up against another team, Ben, close to six yards per carry on the ground. Something has to give them. By the way, both of these defenses give up less than four yards per carry. But if you're looking for Liberty, why not Liberty in the college football playoff? Where's all the heartbreaking outrage for them if they don't get in?
4: we'll talk about drs what does it state for the flames as we go around the country to set the stage for conference championship weekend when hour two starts in less than a minute
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem uh,
1: Reese's, you did it you stumped this charming devil